Hello, friends, and welcome to day number 44 of Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve. It is so good to have you here with us today. To those who are returning to the plan and those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. The Bible in a Year reading plan welcomes anybody along this journey. It doesn't matter which day you join. We're just happy that you're here with us trying to build the holy habit of searching the scriptures, reading God's word, and allowing it to shape and form us as Jesus' followers. Well, today we'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapters 4 through 7, Psalm 44, and Proverb 13. By way of this podcast, I'll only read Deuteronomy chapter 4, but I'll provide some highlights in the latter chapters. If you need the Bible in your reading plan, you can click the link in the show notes and download the PDF. All the readings that I do on this podcast are from the web translation, that's the World English Bible, because it's public domain and I can use it for podcasting. But you are welcome to use any translation that you have on hand and find comfortable. Friends, if you are enjoying the Bible in the Air reading plan, I ask you to consider inviting a friend along on this journey. You can share the show um, on the platform of your choice by texting them, emailing them, or just showing them on their phone how to get to it and join. Also, if you are enjoying it, please consider clicking subscribe or like on your listening platform as that does help the show get recognized in the search results and make it easier for other people to see and to join. If you do either of those things or both of those things, just know that I am very grateful for it. Now, let us jump right into God's Word together. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now Israel, listen to the statutes and to the ordinances which I teach you to do them, that you may live and go in and possess the land which Yahweh, the God of your fathers, gives you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, neither shall you take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of Yahweh your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what Yahweh did because of Baal Peor. For Yahweh your God has destroyed all the men who followed Baal Peor from among you. But you who were faithful to Yahweh your God are all alive today. Behold, I have taught you the statutes and ordinances even as Yahweh my God commanded me that you should do so in the middle of the land where you go in to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is wise and an understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to them as Yahweh? Your God is whenever we call on him. What great nation is there that has statutes and ordinances so righteous as all this law which I set before you today? Only be careful and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes saw, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your children and your children's children. The day that you stood before Yahweh your God in Horeb, when Yahweh said to me, Assemble the people to me, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. You came near and stood under the mountain. The mountain burned with fire to the heart of the sky, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. Yahweh spoke to you out of the middle of the fire. You heard the voice of words, but you saw no form. You only heard a voice. 
He declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even the Ten Commandments. He wrote them on two stone tablets. Yahweh commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and ordinances that you might do them in the land where you go over to possess it. Be very careful, for you saw no kind of form on the day that Yahweh spoke to you in Horeb out of the middle of the fire, lest you corrupt yourselves and make yourself a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the sky, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth, unless you lift up your eyes to the sky, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the army of the sky, you are drawn away and worship them, and serve them, which Yahweh your God has allotted to all peoples under the whole sky. But Yahweh has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace out of Egypt to be to him a people of inheritance, as it is today. Furthermore, Yahweh was angry with me for your sakes and swore that I should not go over the Jordan and that I should not go into that good land which Yahweh your God gives you for an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not go over the Jordan, but you shall go over and possess that good land. Be careful lest you forget the covenant of Yahweh your God, which he made with you, and make yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which Yahweh your God has forbidden you. For Yahweh your God is a devouring fire, a jealous God. When you father children and children's children, and you have been long in the land, and then corrupt yourselves and make a carved image in the form of anything, and do that which is evil in Yahweh your God's sight to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from off the land which you go over the Jordan to possess it. You will not prolong your days on it, but will be utterly destroyed. Yahweh will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where Yahweh will lead you away. There you will serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you shall seek Yahweh your God, and you will find him when you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in oppression and all these things have come to you, in the latter days you shall return to Yahweh your God and listen to his voice. For Yahweh your God is a merciful God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and from the one end of the sky to the other, whether there has been anything as great as this thing, or has heard anything like it. Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the middle of the fire as you have heard and lived? Or has God tried to take any nation for himself from among another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, according to all that Yahweh your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? It was shown to you so that you might know that Yahweh is God. There is no one else beside him. Out of heavens he made you hear his voice that he might instruct you. On the earth he made you to see his great fire, and you heard his words out of the middle of the fire, because he loved your fathers. Therefore he chose their offspring after him, and brought you out with his presence and his great power. 
out of Egypt, to drive out nations from before you greater and mightier than you, to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is today. Know therefore today and take it to heart that Yahweh himself is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no one else. You shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which Yahweh your God gives you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, that the manslayer might flee there, who kills his neighbor unintentionally and didn't hate him in the time past, and that fleeing to one of these cities he might live. Bezer in the wilderness, in the plain country, for the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead, for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan, for the Manassites. This is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the ordinances which Moses spoke to the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, beyond the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the children of Israel struck when they came out of Egypt. They took possession of his land in the land of Og, king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, from Aroer, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, even to Mount Sion, also called Hermon, and all the Arabah beyond the Jordan eastward, even to the Sea of Arabah under the slopes of Pisgah. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We know that each day is a gift, that breath in our lungs is a gift, and the next breath or the next day is never guaranteed, so please help us to make the most of this day. And Lord, as we are seeking you in your word today, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts, our minds, and our souls so that we might receive your wisdom and your truths and your directions so that we might glorify you in all ways. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. Well, friends, straight away in chapter 4 here in Deuteronomy, we get this command from Moses in verse 2 to not add or subtract anything from the laws and the ordinances that God gave to Moses in order to give to them. When you hear that, we're reminded how we have made things more complex. Jesus, even when he was doing his ministry amongst the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and so forth, uh, he kind of convicted them for adding to the law and making things too complicated, uh, making it so complicated that even they couldn't uphold it themselves, and they were asking other people to follow those additional commands. So I'm reminded of that today, and I'm also reminded of the duty that pastors and teachers have uh, when they're approaching God's word, to not add or subtract from it, right? There is a right interpretation that is required. There is diligence required from those who are seeking to interpret God's word and to teach someone else. There's a duty there, there's an obligation, and it is a high responsibility for those Anyway, Moses had instructed them to observe these things carefully, and it was for a reason. So when they are in the promised land, if they are really living this out, people will take notice. They're like, wow, um, our gods don't do that for us. 
Israel's God must be a God that is truly among them. Maybe Israel's God is the only real God. Maybe these wood little idols that we made are actually nothing, right? So it was a form of witness of their life, their commitment to God, living in this covenant relationship that was to speak to the other nations and hopefully draw them in where they would disown their idols and accept Yahweh as their God. There's also that command to be careful, right? To watch yourselves. This is in verse number nine. So that you don't forget the things that God has done for you. We are now many generations away from the time of the Abrahamic covenant, one of the first covenants with the people that promised the people that they would become a great nation, that they would have a place, right? The promised land and a purpose. The purpose would be to grow the family of God. So Moses is reminding them to be careful, to watch themselves, to live by the law as it was given to them, to keep the festivals and the high holy days and the Sabbath so that they remember God and that they don't grow too haughty or pat themselves on the back, but to remind them that they are a people that are dependent on God for everything and that God was the one who provided every good thing for them. So idolatry is forbidden over and over again throughout the remainder of this chapter. Don't build things with your hands. Don't try to make a form of any image of me um, because God is spirit, right? God doesn't actually have form. You know, don't make gods that look like an animal or anything like that because these are just handmade things that uh, eventually are going to pass away. There's another warning given that says, if you are in the land and you're living in covenant community with me, that's God, and you wind up kind of backsliding and going back to your old ways and going back to idolatry and that, well, guess what? You will perish from the land. In verse 26, it does say that you will quickly perish from the land. And in verse 27, the Lord will scatter you among the peoples. Moses as a prophet is prophesying the time when Israel will fall to the Babylonians, will be taken captive and put into a foreign land, Babylon, where they would live for a number of years. There's a promise that there would be a return of some people, but not all people. It seems like there is this theme of the exile that has been developing here throughout the Pentateuch. Right from the Garden of Eden, when there was disobedience, they were exiled from the garden. Later on, they were exiled into Egypt for quite a while when they were under the yoke of Pharaoh, who was basically using them as slaves. Then later on, when they were liberated, they were to go to the promised land, but because of some disobedience and their hearts were not forming in the way that God was wanting them to form so that they could be in his holy presence, well, they were exiled for 40 years, right? Wandering around this desert when they could have been already in the promised land. And later on, of course, as they get into the promised land and dispossess the people, well, they're going to fall back on idolatry. Uh, we actually learned that they did not fully dispossess the people. 
uh, so that there was a cycle of things where they would trust God for a period of time, they would get complacent, and they would fall back to idolatry. There would be pain and groaning because of um, you know, the result of their sin, and then they'd cry out to God, and God would rise up another judge to save them. Uh, they would be happy, all things would be great, and then later on, they forget, and they grow complacent again. So eventually, this is going to lead Israel into another exile into Babylon. So exile is a theme that is forming here, and really, exile uh, will not fully be dealt with until Jesus comes and defeats the power of sin, which is causing the people to get into exile. Now, we still find ourselves in patterns of exile in our own lives, but we are in an in-between period. Jesus has already defeated the powers of sin and death, yet sin and death are still here. It's in our collaboration more and more with the Holy Spirit that we can start beating down the powers of the flesh and allowing the Spirit within us to prevail. And it's not until Jesus comes again and his kingdom is fully launched before us that we will fully be free of sin and death. When we will fully be free of selfish desire and disease and violence and all of these things. And oh, what a day that will be. Now, looking ahead to chapter 7, we see that God is demanding them. Moses is telling them that when they get into the promised land, that they are to utterly destroy the people, to dispossess them of their land by, in verse 5, breaking down their altars and smashing their sacred stones and altars to pieces, cutting down their Asherah poles and burning their idols in fire. Because they are a people of God. They are a holy people of a holy God. And if they want a God to live in their presence fully and make this promised land the new Garden of Eden, then they would have to do these things. Now, a lot of people struggle as to why God would ask the Israelites to go in there and utterly destroy all the people. And I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 15, starting at verse 16. It says, in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. This is after they're liberated from Egypt. In the fourth generation, that's 40 years, your descendants will come back here to the promised land. For the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So back when God promised the promised land to Abraham, he was not able to go in there yet and take hold of it because the sin of the Amorites, the sin of this people was not at its full measure. When sin is at its full measure, God will release God's judgment. And the judgment for this people, Lord knows what they were doing in there, but there's some theories that they were sacrificing children and all of these things which God detests. It's at that time that God will say, no more. And for the Israelites, that meant that they would take over the land, that God would redeem the land from an unholy 
place uh, for an unholy or ignoble use and make it the springboard for his people to be a holy nation that would do this, the thing that we were called to do in the Garden of Eden that would spread out um, its borders across the whole earth and cause more people to want to join the family of God and live holy lives. Well, friends, that's it for our podcast today. I hope that you have a very profitable day, that you continue to lean into the truths that we have heard today and trust that God is working on us to make us more holy as long as we faithfully collaborate with him and follow his commands and that we look forward to the day when we will be liberated fully from the power and the presence of sin and death when Jesus makes his return. So friends, have a great day, and until tomorrow, God bless.